The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. It's the Cigar Authority After Show, and it's brought to you by Roma Craft Tobacco. Since 2010, Mike Rosales and Skip Martin have focused on the simple and time-honored task of combining quality tobacco, experienced craftsmen, and the right amount of time to bring you cigars worthy of the legacy of the centuries of premium cigar craftsmen that came before them. Whether you are revisiting the anti-prohibition era mindset of intemperance or getting in touch with your more primal side with a Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal, you are sure to find a blend in the Romacraft house of brands that fits the exact balance of flavor, strength, and body you are looking for in that moment. When you're finally able to take a short break from the world to relax and enjoy a cigar, the last thing you need is a complicated sales pitch. Simple, yet substantial. Tobacco, talent, time. Romacraft tobacco. The after show, the after show, the after show. It's the after show, everybody. The show after the show. And here we are, Wednesday morning, you're driving to work, and you're saying, why aren't I on MeWe, and I could have done this yesterday. I have no idea, but you're not there. Just got to get on the MeWe. So it's Wednesday. Now, if you're working from home, you can still listen to this, right? You don't have to drive to work to listen to it. You don't have to, but... You like it's to, recommended. You like yeah. to get, because it's cold in certain areas, mm-hmm. and you like to get in the car and have a cigar while you're listening to the after show. So. Oh, just grow a pair and smoke in the house. <laughs> you do it every once in a while, or your wife's been away, so you had a couple of cigars during the week. Actually, she, uh, as time has gone by, she goes, why don't you go light up a cigar in the kitchen? Nice. And I sit by the kitchen, and she just loves the That's, smell. You and, did okay, yeah. huh? You because did okay. she doesn't want you uh, yeah. commenting on her... Uh, Show that she's watching. Oh, yeah. I can't watch that below deck in Real Housewives and the so, Shaws of Sun. Yeah. I, yeah. So, Barry, on the Matt Tobacco show, you were just at your house with your fake background? Yes. People thought I was still at work. Yes. Uh, it wasn't even that good, yeah, especially no. between the headset. Yes. You could just see it. it. And occasionally my uh, arm would disappear. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Imagine so- how much weight you'd lose if you could just do that with a body part. <laughs> So here's a little extent. Today we're going to talk about cigar aficionados number one. But before we get to that, um, a little extension from last week's troll episode. Uh, we were searching for a troll, and uh, we want to report to you today that we found the troll. Not we. Barry found the troll. Because he may be listening, and he wants to know who ended up doing this investigation. But you have a background in investigation. Yeah, I mean, if you you know anybody that works at Two Guys, you listen to the show. I've been a private investigator in the past, and uh, I made it my mission to figure it out and follow the breadcrumbs. Isn't that so? Of all the people, I mean, we probably got about 50,000 people in our database, and it, it wasn't long. It was... Hours later, that you say, I think I got the guy, and here's how. Ba boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom. There's five or six different things that you end up having. He checked all the boxes. Yeah. And uh, I said, um, Really? You think so? Now I. I was a little shocked, by the way, because of the things that were said about me. I just didn't see this person saying right. those things well, about I me. Well, I went to all the people, and it turns out everybody knows them. Yeah. And he's a nice guy, and everybody knows him, and here he is talking about shit. So everybody said, no, it's not. You got it wrong. Don't do this. Don't go for him. But what I did is go on to a post that he said, and I replied to this fake person, fake profile, and I said, hey, uh, maybe we should sit down and talk. And then I put his real first name. (laughs) 
So now, if it turns out not to be really him, I didn't insult him because he has no idea right. that I, I didn't put his full name anyway. Yeah. But if it is him, he's going to know, oh, my God, the guy's got me. And maybe he's going to respond back, no, I don't know who you're talking about. That's not me. But he didn't. Mm. He actually wrote, I'm just joking around. And then two or three minutes later, he took that away. So you had to know at that moment that he had done that because he it dawns on him after that, oh, I shouldn't have responded that way, and he takes it away. <laughs> but, again, Barry ends up finding that at that moment, another way he ends up knowing this happens. So if you put something up and take it down, he still knows you put it up. Mm. So <clears throat> I learned all this after the fact when, when you're telling me, because I'm like, how could he do this? Like, how, how is this possible? Are you even human, Barons? No, it's, <laughs> no, it's my superpower. You know, I'm really one of the Avengers. So, but you know, it, it, everybody's angry these days. And, and, and he's not. Yeah, but there's anger hitting within everybody. And there's no outlet to go and vent because, you know, I'm not saying this guy's scared of it, but people are still scared to go out and, all this anger is online. Like everybody who posts anything political, I've unfriended. Yeah. Because it yeah. just creates the anger. You know, whether you're on the left and the guy on the right pisses you off, yeah. or you're on the right and the guy on the left pisses I've you off. I've done the same thing. It doesn't yeah. matter whether I agree or disagree. Yeah. I just don't need politics. And I on think Facebook. it's the last two and a half years that have played into this that people are just angry. So this guy who is very nice to all my employees but writes all this shit about those same employees that he's nice to <clears throat> ends up taking that down. So I said, okay, you know what? We got him. He took that down, and that'll be the last we'll hear. Maybe he'll be embarrassed to ever come in the store again. Stores. I mean, he visits all three stores. Um, who knows what's going to happen? Then a couple hours go by, and the phone rings, and it's him. And here's the apology. And you have to admire that. Absolutely. Yeah. He said it to him. doing the right I thing. I says, you're a man. And he said, I'm a 50-year-old man. <laughs> and how embarrassed am I that I was joking around? Well, I said, joking around, uh, for, especially somebody like me that I, I take to customer service so much. I talk about it and all this stuff. And here's a guy making stories up, and they're not even mm -hmm. true. And I said, I could have possibly believed it. And then fired those people you're talking about because they're being bad employees. But I didn't because I knew better. And I'm and that you have a fake profile. You're not even a real. It's not really even you. <clears throat> but I said, okay, I'm I'm all set. And he said, well, I hope you can accept my apology. And I said, I do. We're all set. I hope you never do it again. And he goes, I learned a lesson. Blah 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 blah. But I'd like to know what's in the mindset of. Here's a place he goes to. He mm. likes us mm. and all this. And it's almost I'm going to turn into a different person and have a different life. And instead of loving the place I go to all the time, I hate going there and I hate the people in it because he completely did a 180. Yeah, he could have been drinking at the moment. You don't know what's going on in his personal life, but still, you don't attack somebody's livelihood. He said, I want to keep going. I want to be a good customer, and I want to keep going. And that's why I'm calling you and apologizing, and I hope you'll accept my apology. And I don't know. I'd like to ask maybe a psychologist, what is in mm -hmm. the mind of somebody who does something like that? There's no repercussion when you're, when you're playing in a space with a fake profile. There's no – I mean, but, this guy got caught, but that's few and far between. There's no it, – it's it's – 
there's no repercussion, and therefore you can say whatever you want to say, and it's it's okay. But well, in, he, in, in but your he mind, li- he likes us, and he yeah, likes. The why people. do you want to say that? Why though? would you? Mm-hmm. you other people jumped in, which is unbelievable, of our fan base that's there. And as he was writing bad things, they jumped in and said, screw you. They're great. Ba 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 ba. So it wasn't that nice to end up seeing people jump into in there. But maybe some of them thought, and they, they were on a, a Facebook group with 25,000 people. <laughs> we're in the cigar business, and they're on a cigar thing with 25,000 people. It costs a lot of money to advertise. Let me tell you, something like that really hurts that can ruin your reputation of somebody that's trying to make a great reputation, really working at the reputation, and, and one fake person can lie and say something. Don't be that person. If, if, if anything we get out of this is the embarrassment of getting caught first off, and then why would you do it? What's the psychology of that? For what reason? And then he wants to stay there. And yes, I forgive him. I'll never forget. And is things always going to be the same with that person? Not just for me, because he didn't say anything bad about me, but he did for my businesses, but he did for the employees. And they all know it. And he should be uncomfortable actually coming in anyway, because they're looking at you differently. They're not going to forget it, right? I, uh, if he apologizes to me personally, I can, I can let it go. I mean, people make mistakes. It was a mistake. When, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm the same When you way. drop a glass, you're holding it, you dropped it. That was a mistake. But when you set out to make a profile and then write on chat things hmm. and follow it up and respond to somebody else saying something and doing it, it wasn't a mistake. It wasn't by accident, right? No, it was on purpose, but it was definitely a mistake. It was it was yeah. not well thought out, and it was you, – you get into that mindset and you I do it. I think it was well thought out. <laughs> I think he thought – well and hard because he got really deep into every single person. See, I don't think it was thought out. I thought it was a spur in a moment thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I got. I got. Because if he actually took the time to think about it and how it would affect his his daily routine, probably wouldn't have done it. Well, and and there's other retailers that are listening to this. You know, we've all seen it. You know, they go onto some sort of social media platform, whatever that is, and people write badly about your business. It's happened to me before. Uh, if it's constructive criticism, it's good information, and I look at it and I can improve myself. When it's a blatant just lie to try to end up hurting the business and the employees within it, how evil of, of an act is that? But uh, it is what it is, and... Um, He's, uh, as far as I know, he's back coming in the store and everything's okay. And uh, um, I don't lose a customer. I ho- hopefully, I don't lose a lot of customers because <laughs> if that stuff is out there and somebody looks, you know, somebody does a search and says, let me see how that store is and then reads that um, and, and picking on employee after employee, it, it's terrible. But uh, let's get to um, the sick, the uh, strength and character segment before we get to the number one cigar from Cigar Aficionado. It's time for the strength and character segment. Brought to you by Camacho Cigars. Camacho Cigars, the icon of uncompromised values. There are six pillars of 
of character, trustworthiness, respect, responsibility, fairness, caring, and citizenship. And this will go perfectly into that conversation. Uh, set a good example for others. Set a good example for others. We just had our meetings that we had. We had managers meetings. We had staff meetings and went through the past and the future of um, our businesses. And I brought that up at the meetings, uh, especially to managers. We need to set a good example uh, for others. That goes for me. Uh, I've always done it. I've always tried to do it, that even though I'm the owner of the company, I try to park far away from the store. I try to come in early. You take out the trash when it needs to go out. You clean the toilet when it needs to be cleaned. I'm going to follow Jonathan's example next year. I'm going to take my shoe and sock off for the group picture. Yes, yes. So I'm going to follow the example that he set forth. Mm -hmm. Until somebody wrote on the... uh, I didn't see it, and now I can't unsee it. So I took it, and I cut it off and reposted it for the people on MeWe because I care about them yeah. and said, okay, here is the edited version. Now, I want to know how many people saw the edited version. Well, I have to find out what the real version is. What did somebody do? But what? why? So it, it, had to, it goes back to when Sarah was on the assholes, uh, and there was the creeper the, that said, the show us your person. feet. Right, and he asked Sarah to take off her shoe. Well, I just like, said no. it. I go, Sarah, if you do it, I'll do it. Or she said it to me. I go, make sure you show your feet. And she says, if you do it, I'll do it. And I said, okay. <laughs> and so I didn't know on the other side she wasn't doing it. I just <laughs> end up being the only guy with his shoe and sock off. If your friend jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge, too? Uh, it's showing your feet. It's not jumping off a bridge. Whatever, I got pretty feet. I just got a pedicure. No, you don't. <laughs> yeah. You had a big old bunion on the side of your foot over there. So that that was weird anyway. So, Ed, you're, you're somebody that worked for companies with lots of people right. under you. Um, did you have you to know, show an example? Or because you were management, you don't have to do what they do? Oh, no. I, I mean, I think, number one, you never ask somebody to do something you're not willing to do yourself. And I think that includes when I got the roof of the to put the roof on my house to yeah. put a new roof. I got to get up there and do a couple of. Well, he's not your employee. Okay, right. All right, right. he's a contractor. Right. Yeah, I mean you're paying that. Yeah, because I can't do it. Yeah, like, I don't. I wouldn't know what. No, to no, do. I don't want you falling off the. Yeah, roof. stay yeah. off the roof. <laughs> Number one, but yeah, also just uh, through work ethic, you know, at the top. Whatever your work ethic is, is going to filter down I believe through the so. organization. And I believe that to the manager all the way through that yeah. um, if, if you're not doing the right thing, they think that that's okay. Or they look at you as, so you don't have to do it. I have to be the, the guy that ends right. up doing which, it. Which is why when you have a really bad performing employee, they are setting an example for the other employees. So you've got to get rid of them. Sometimes they become the one, instead of him rising to (laughs) the next person, the other people go down. These are things I look at each year at this time especially and say, okay. um, All the really gross jobs I make sure that I do first. Jumping in the dumpster when it's full and, and mushing it down, cleaning the bathroom. It, for each employee that works on a specific shift, I make sure I do the shittiest job first before I ask anybody else to do it so they see me do it. Next week's one, I'm looking at it right now, oh. is a total failure on my part, but huh. uh, uh, we'll get to that next week. But let's talk about cigar aficionado, 
there, we didn't get, we, we talked about everybody's number one, and the, the unfortunate thing is they right. held it way, way too long, and I've seen other ones actually since. Yeah, uh, just filtering I, I ha- out. I could do a whole show on each one. Of, if these were in here, I could do another whole show on that whole thing, <laughs> seeing other people's number ones that I scratch my head and say, if, why? On Aficionado, if you took off that number 10 cigar, it could have been the same release a decade ago. Absolutely. And that's the problem with aficionado. They haven't grown with the industry. They stay true to the old school cigar manufacturers. Well, they stay true to the double page ad buyers. Right, but they've turned a blind eye to the next wave of the cigar industry. And that's why, in my opinion, they've become irrelevant. But what I'm hearing out there from others is, you know what? Cigar aficionado got it right. They did a real good job. top 25 this year and i'm like looking at it and i go well how how do you get that do do i like the cigars that are on there absolutely yeah Yeah. but some of them are new cigars number 11 was number 12 was yeah Yeah. and then some of them were 20 years old (laughs) i think i think and i could have the 6,000 confused with the torpedo but didn't padrone stop production on that cigar because of the pandemic, they had to pick the sizes that sold well. Now we got some coming in on Monday to two mm. guys' locations. Okay. Although we ordered twenty and we're getting because the, the natural, wow. yeah, the natural sells so poorly. I had to take the singles out. They're they're out now because it's you know people are going to ask about it. But I, I stopped selling singles of that skew because it was such a slow mover. And it's the Padron Pyram- uh, torpedo torpedo natural, which. The Maduro outsells. The Maduro sells. The, the, the natural does not sell. Right. And look, look the I'm torpedo s- does not sell, of course. I'm smoking one. But See, and on the anniversario, I like the natural better than the Maduro, and on the 26, it's reversed. Well, this is the first time. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. That's all right. Padron has now got four number ones. Uh, at least. Uh, and that cigar came out... Um, that was an original Padron 1926 mm-hmm. in 1996. 64. 64. 64. Yeah. So came out in 1994. That's when that cigar came out, mm-hmm. 1994. You've got to be kidding me. Um, is it a great cigar? Yes, it is a great cigar. It's a cigar. great cigar. So please don't take that as that. But, you know, you can't, you can't put the 69 Corvette. As the, as the automobile of the year this year. Well, cigars are different. So I'm going to take the other side from you on this one. Every year is a different vintage. So they are all new cigars. So it's after not- all this 28 years that have gone by, is this the best year for the 1964 Pyramid Natural? No. Of course not. <laughs> They've had major issues, everybody has, yep. of tobacco and uh, as soon as it's made, the aging thing has slowed down because the demand went up. Lots of reasons. Which would explain, by the way, the high rating because, and I, I teach this to my better customers. What are you going to say, comparatively? The torpedo in any line. If, if a, a company has a torpedo and we carry the torpedo, it's the slowest mover. So you're going to automatically have a better cigar because it sat around longer. It aged a little bit. So you're going to have a better taste on that torpedo especially in the natural, because it doesn't sell well. So it it, it, it is aged perfectly. Cigar right. aficionado likes torpedoes and Churchills. Yeah. Too slow a mover, because they're and not in the retail business. They have no idea. Listen, if that got a 97, I have to believe it was one of those naturals. 
that were really as dark as the Maduro's. <laughs> and the thing is, if you look at the original review, it got it. It originally got like a 94. Yeah. So it got a 97. Oh, so it got a bump. Yeah, and, and I do that. I'll, I do that on the review on the Cigar Authority. When I do the Cigar of the Year, I'm going to add a point or two because it's a, it's meant to be a slap in the face to other people that do it. And <laughs> then when they when they blind taste test that cigar, please, but you oh, I have not. no idea what this is. <laughs> as as they did La Flor Dominicana, right? The uh, Andalusian Bowl. Andalusian Bowl. <laughs> See that one coming a mile away. Uh, the pink. The rare pink, we, yeah. Uh, all, all the, the, the happy things. ending? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if Fuente thought it was a happy ending to the top ten list. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, looking at, it's, it's so interesting. I, I, again, it's a whole show looking at the reasoning behind what it is. And I want to take nothing away from the Padrones. They always make consistent. That's uh, and, they, and they say it in Cigar Aficionado. Yeah. Consistency ended up winning, winning it again. But... Isn't the magazine getting old? It, it, of, it is. I've read that. I've read that issue before. Yes, a hundred percent. And that's Even the biggest a, issue. But if you look at Aficionado, they catered to ninety percent of the cigar market, where the online media guys, such as the Cigar Authority, catered to the ten percent. If Cigar Aficionado ever went after that ten percent, it would increase the visibility to the other ninety percent of consumers because there are still people sixty and older reading Aficionado. And and some younger people as well, but they've done they haven't done anything to help the industry grow past the legacy brands. Yes, and they deserve the thumbs up for what they did in 1992 and grow the cigar industry. In in the past ten years or so, though, they have done nothing. Mm. It's the mm. same exact thing that's on the list. The same exact rating. Show something new. The new <laughs> spotlight of the of the issue of here's somebody we never talked about before. Uh, and then maybe they will become advertisers for you if they if if you can help grow them because they made um, Ernesto Carrillo right. from nobody knew who he was and uh, definitely put him on the place. map. Oh my but, god! They did the same for Papine. They did the same for they, a lot of people. They talk to celebrities who tell them their favorite cigar, and then they put a picture of an <laughs> old cigar <laughs> of a picture of a Padron. Yeah. So there was a celebrity in this issue of Cigar Aficionado that said, "My favorite cigar is is it Atabe? Byron. 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 My favorite cigar is Byron of all cigars." Mm-hmm. And he mentioned Padron after that. And then they put a picture of Padron. I'm not convinced he mentioned Padron, because if you read that next paragraph, it was almost like Cigar Aficionado put that paragraph in there to justify (laughs) putting a picture of a Padron. It did not fit with the rest of the article. And why? There's not enough pictures of Padron throughout there. And again, George is listening to this. He's saying, why are you bashing on me? I'm not bashing on you at all. You have have a great cigar. uh, Right. No doubt about it. But... Seriously, and man. It, it may have on Cigar Aficionado's part. It, they, maybe they're not devious. Maybe they're just lazy. Ah, we got a stock picture of a Padron. We'll throw that in there. <laughs> the story is about the guy's favorite cigar. Right. And there's five different people that they show. <laughs> and here's the person and their favorite cigar. Person, favorite cigar. Person, not their favorite cigar, even though you ask the question. It's, a, it's not a big article. It's a little article about what's your favorite cigar. And no information, no nothing of that favorite no. cigar. And does this make you angry? They, they have the opportunity to take the, to be, help this industry again to another level. Mm. And at the same time, help their own publication. Because I don't need to 
you don't, don't need to, you know, we talk about the trade shows and stuff. You don't need to go to the trade show. I don't need to read Cigar Aficionado ever again. What do I, what do I need to know? A 28-year-old cigar you said is the best <laughs> cigar of the year this year? And stop calling it the best cigar of the year. I guess it could be what smoked the best this mm-hmm. year, but it's not of the year. It's a great cigar, and it should be um, what's, what's smoking good this year or whatever. But at the same time, you're putting in uh, some of those new things, and those are the best cigars, really, yeah. uh, ever? Yeah, it makes no that, sense. That new cigar is the best cigar ever? It's, yeah. it's what's smoking good this century because the cigar was last century. Right. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. Imagine that. It's crazy, uh, but anyway, uh, it's all a help for the industry. Anyway, I I, I feel we're, we're talking about people beating up on our company, and here I am beating up on <laughs> well, cigar. You also, yeah, but you're not doing it behind a fake name. The yeah, number yeah. of times that you have said to Nick Perdomo, imagine if you gave champagne a little boost, yeah, a little push, what would happen? And isn't that what they are doing? They're taking a monster like Padron and giving him another nudge to be. So, that much so better? we placed our order for 20 boxes, and he said, you can have two. Yeah, and we ordered it before they, it was named Cigar of the Year. Okay. They're just having issues filling orders right now. Right. So as ev- as everybody, everybody is. Um, and l- listen, look look at Paul LaFleur Dominicana. I mean, it's mm. nothing but choke them out. And only cigar company in their history of cigar aficionados list to have been in it every year. Them and I think yeah. the drone. It's not even a surprise. We used to get really deep into this uh, and try to figure out the top 25 and stuff. It's not even an issue anymore because we know exactly what, there's no surprises there at all. Was there anything that, oh my God, look what they did. No, I I had a conversation with a a retailer in Virginia that has a brick and mortar store and I told them what the top three were going to be. And sure enough, the top three, it was predictable. I could, I could almost do the top 25. Mm Mm-hmm. The entire line through it. <laughs> it is predictable at this point. And I loved opening that issue and learning new things on it. And that doesn't happen anymore. No, it happens in Cigar the- Journal. Yeah, yeah. So. so, all right, that's it for the after show. Um, next week. Um, Steve Saka, right? Well, we got two different things. This Friday, we have the meatball. Is that right? Yep. yep. And... Saturday, we have Steve Saka, and he's going to tell us not only how the meatball was, how to make a good meatball, and what went wrong, because he's not in on it, but he's going to tell us how to, what it really costs to start a cigar brand, and this time, he says he's going to really tell all the numbers, so we're going to learn that uh, next week. Until then, we'll catch you on the meatball Friday night, 6 p.m. Eastern time, on the meatball Saturday at the same bat channel. Stick the lid end in your mouth. You might like it. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.